Hey, 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 everybody, this is Joe Shithead from DOA. You know what? You know what? You're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration. I don't know what they're demonstrating, but they're demonstrating some punk rock, I suppose. So, cool. Hey, what's up? You're listening to me, Jack, here in the Punk Rock Demonstration, and we're out here at the Glass House in Pomona with the band DOA from Canada, I believe. Yes, we're from Vancouver, Canada. Hi, how you doing? So what's the name DOA stand for? Uh, dead on Arrival. Uh, the most famous case of a Dead on Arrival with, uh, was John F. Kennedy. When you uh, are picked up at the scene of an accident, but uh, you're not dead, but uh, maybe not so uh, doing so well, and then you maybe die on the way, you arrive, and they put a toe tag <coughs> on uh, your, well, your right toe, right big toe, that says DOA, Dead on Arrival. So that's, that explains that logo with the toe tag that I've yeah, seen everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, uh, there was a, we saw, we just, not where we got the name, but we realized how much sense it made, and we did get, got the toe tag idea. There's an Edmund O'Brien movie that was remade in the 80s or 90s, but it's an excellent movie, the one made in the 50s, called DOA. And he's a, I think he's an L.A. detective, but at the end, they put the stiff on the, the morgue table, and the, they put the toe tag on, and go that guy's DOA. So, inspiration for the name. See, I was just about to ask you, where'd you get that name? But Well, it's funny. It wasn't from there. This just kind of confirmed what we saw about the same time. No, we were um, in a warehouse practicing, uh, Randy, Chuck, and I. And uh, we knew we wanted to make a band, but we didn't have a name. And this guy, um, whose uh, nickname was uh, Harry Homo, came in. And uh, he might have been wearing a fur coat, too. I can't quite remember. But... He had a chick on each arm and a bottle of whiskey. And uh, it was one of these kind of drop-in places. Everybody would jam and people would come party and stuff like that. And uh, and he goes, uh, you know what? You guys are pretty good. How about this? We'll start a band called DOA. You guys the band, I'm the singer, and we're going to make a million dollars. And that's how we got the name. And uh, Harry was a hell of a nice guy, but a um, hell of a poor singer. So after about three and a half shows, uh, he was out, and I took over as the singer. Previously, I was just the guitar player. So we've been talking about me and you, but we haven't gotten our names yet. Mm. <laughs> so what is your name, and My what do you do in the Joe? band? My name is Joe Shithead Keithley. I'm the founder of DOA and the singer and guitar player. And we also have with us Jesse the Kid Pinner. He's hey, our drummer. how's it going? So he refused to talk earlier. Now he's saying, how, hey, how's it going? So how is it going? Not bad, just sitting here in Pomona, just uh, got to this rad show, and it's uh, looking good. Yeah, it's looking good. It's going to be good tonight. Going to rock. Like the Ramon said, hey, Ramona, meet me in Pomona. (laughs) Uh, They might not say it quite like that, but what? Sweet, sweet, sweet little Ramona, she always wants to come over, meet me in fucking Pomona. (laughs) Uh, So how did you get that name, Joey Shitheaded, by the way? Uh, my old uh, drummer, uh, Dimwit Rest His Soul, he's not with us anymore, one of my best friends. Uh, uh, we were like, we got our first commercial uh, gig as like a, a rock and roll band. This is like 1976 or early 77. And we played this little hick town in BC called Merritt, and it, which uh, the town actually had no merit to it all. Just a lot of logs that have been cut down uh, for lumber. And uh, <clears throat> we got fired after a four-night stand we'd been hired for. And we got we got fired after the first night and got our asses kicked out of town, right? So, on the way back to Vancouver, which is a couple hundred miles, uh, uh, we stopped and uh, take a break on the drive back. And 
Dimwood said, uh, you know, this rock and roll stuff ain't all it's cracked up to be. We've done one whole show um, as experienced veterans. And he said, you know what? We should start a punk rock band. We'll call it Joey Shithead and the Marching Morons. And, uh, well, my name is Joe, so that kind of stuck, in the, but the Marching Morons did not. Eventually, uh, uh, we started a band called The Skulls, but not to be confused with The Skulls from Los Angeles, right? And uh, we played lots of shows uh, in Vancouver, and we moved to Toronto and played there a whole bunch, too. And then uh, uh, that's how we got the name. I see. So let's talk a little bit about the music that you guys play. You've got like a billion records, I believe, or a billion songs. Yeah, basically. What's the inspiration behind like making all these songs? Or is it, does it just come to mind one day or what? You know, it's sometimes it's just like, uh, I wrote a song the other day uh, called That's Bullshit. And, uh, I, you know, there's a few little trimmings I got to add to it and I haven't quite finished the lyrics, but I think it took me like 15 minutes. It was like, I went, that's the way I write a song. The day before I wrote another song that is a bear song and it only took me an hour and a half. But some songs can take a couple of years, right? And, and it can be like quite a lot of work because you got you have a guitar riff, and you have like a feel. Like I I know the way I want the drums to go. Uh, you know, not totally, but more or less. You know, and uh, you just kind of work at. It. And then the, the real tough part is like an inspiration for the lyric. Once you get the lyric, like you can write anything. Because I, what I try to do is uh, uh, take a lyric and match up the music to the lyric that suits what the lyric the lyric is saying. So the music paints kind of a, a picture that suits that set of uh, lyrics. So how did you come up with this song called That's Why I'm an Atheist? Or is that just because oh, you're that an atheist? Was, uh, that, that, I got, that one was like shooting fish in a barrel, right? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, no, that, that's easy. Uh, because, you know, religion, uh, uh, while I respect people's rights to, uh, um, you know, uh, have their religion and practice it and all that kind of thing and uh, that's an important part of our society and it, uh, that at the same time when you think about the fervent uh, uh, evangelicals and uh, crazy um, fanatics of our religions that uh, you know what they um, they don't have anything good in mind for the world they want they want you to be like them even though you don't want to and what they do is they uh, end up they uh, foment uh, greed they, they start wars and uh it's just uh, organized religion uh, doesn't have to be, but can be a really horrible thing. So I want to tell people, I've been an atheist, I just, God, I don't know. My dad, dad was an atheist, so I guess I've had it since I was a kid, right? Uh, I went to church once when I was a kid. I had to sneak out with the neighbors. And my dad was really mad when I came back to him. I'd been to church when I was about seven years old. I snuck out one Sunday morning, right? So it was pretty easy to write that song. Usually it's the other way around where your parents are super religious and if you snuck out at, snuck out on Sunday's church service it would be a totally different story. <laughs> well my experience at church when I was like seven you know, as the neighbors were like uh, saying we should go to church and they were really uh, kind of upset that the Keithleys uh, uh, didn't go to church uh, and uh, so eventually I had to listen to them enough that I okay I'll, I'll just go pretend I'm going to play with my friend Stuart and I hopped in their car with them and went to the church and uh and there's big wide double doors at the church, and I was pretty impressed by the size of the building, even though it was a pretty small little community church. And I got in there, and I, I just couldn't believe how boring the guy was, right? The pastor, and I was like, this is terrible, right? This is, I'm wasting my Sunday morning. I could be watching, like, uh, cartoons or something, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, But my dad was really mad at the neighbors, and he went over and talked to the father. He's like, don't you ever do that again. Like, And he meant business, and everybody in the neighborhood was like, pretty well afraid of my dad he was the biggest maniac you ever met i'm a mere shadow of my father right you know 
I'm an atheist myself, and it's like when you walk to a church, it's like so elegant and beautiful. It's like just welcoming, and when you walk in, it's like, wow, why am I here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the coppers. Oh. It's okay, don't have close So while we're watching the coppers uh, walk around, we're going to take a listen to this song called That's Why I'm an Atheist by DOA. You're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration with the band DOA. <laughs> That was That's Why I'm an Atheist by DOA, and we're out here with DOA at the Glass House in Pomona, and this is the punk rock demonstration. So, you started this record label called Sudden Death Records, or yeah. did you start it? Yes, I did. Uh, we didn't have a way to put out uh, a record, so we want, we had a few songs. Uh, we knew we wanted to make a recording, and we'd only been going for about three months, so you're talking maybe like June 1978. We started in February 78, and... Uh, so rented a studio. We got some money from some uh, unemployment insurance checks, and that financed the first record. And uh, um, we went into the studio, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, we kind of realized that we kind of said to ourselves, you know what? Everybody hates us. Everybody thinks we suck. We'll never get a record deal. We're never going anywhere. And I said, well, you know what? I know these guys, this band in Vancouver, that put out their own album, and they go around and sell it themselves at concerts, and they do pretty well, and they're quite popular, right? And the, it's called the Pied Pumpkin String Ensemble, like a, a hippie band I used to go see when I went to uh, Simon Fraser University to become a lawyer, which was I went there for, right? But then I bought my first guitar, and uh, you know what? Everything has been downhill since, right? Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, 
then uh, so he said, okay, well let's do this EP and uh, record it, and then we need a way to distribute it. So I had a really beat up car I bought for about fifty bucks. So there's about six record stores in town that would buy that would take the record in consignment for a buck, and uh, they would sell it for a buck twenty five, and um, they would start selling pretty fast. And the college radio station started playing it. And then I started mailing it to like uh, college radio, like in LA, Toronto, SF, London, uh, New York, and that became the Disco Sucks Seven Inch EP became kind of an underground hit. And that, so it wasn't really a record company. We just thought, okay, well, we need a label. It's DOA, so let's call it S- Sudden Death. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, just one. Doing good. Yeah, nice to see him. Just in the middle of an interview, right? <laughs> yeah. So we've got other band members of the band DOA interrupting our interview. That's how, right. How rude. So uh, former members, uh, Dan used to be in a band called the Connelline Crush. So that's one of the guitar players from there. He lives down uh, out in uh, Victorville, right? So just came down for the show. Wow, way out there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's way out there. But they have parts of a historic Route 66 up there. Uh-huh. They have a little strip with a couple of the old diners and gas stations and they... They kind of play it up, which is a good thing because there's not a hell of a, a lot else in Victorville. I can tell you that much, okay. right? So. <laughs> there's snow in the winter and there's sand in the summer. Yeah, it's it's rough up there. There's the kids snow are, in the winter. Wow. Yeah, well, you're getting in the high desert, like then going up the paths there, right? Wow. So. Yeah. So, are there any other bands on that record label, or is it just for you guys? No, there's uh, 88 releases. Uh, most of the bands are like defunct or. They're not all old, but uh, they all have eventually stopped playing. Like mostly Vancouver bands, uh, ranging from uh, uh, the Real Mackenzies to the Point of Sticks to the Modernettes. Um, there are a couple of releases by The Damned. Uh, we have a single by Sham 69, and we have a whole stack of um, Vancouver bands that you may or may not have heard of, right? So, you know, so 88 releases. And we've been going seriously. Um, since the beginning of uh, 99, so about 12 years. Wow, it's, when you say 99, it sounds like it wasn't that long ago, but when I think about it, it's like, wow, that's over 10 years ago. Yeah, it's like 12 years. Like, well, you know, and the good, things were, the good thing is we're still in business, which uh, unfortunately I have a lot of friends that ran little record companies like Sudden Death that are not in business because it's been so rough the last five years, right? So, But we're doing good, and we have some real, we have some great albums, right? You know, we've got... Classic DOA stuff, uh, Point of Sticks, Marinettes, Young Canadians. Uh, this is some of the the best punk rock that ever came out in its day. You know, you know, from Vancouver, right? You know, for the most part. You know, talking about punk rock. How did you get interested in this music called punk rock? Um, you know what? I I was really uh, into um, political stuff, and I thought the rock music was really dead. Like uh, in the mid 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 seventies to seventy seven around there, and uh, the the bands were really commercial. Like I grew up in bands like uh, when I was a kid, like uh, Jimi Hendrix and Black Sabbath and stuff like that. So when this stuff came along, it was like so wild. We went like, wow, this is like really crazy, and they're saying something, and we just kind of fell into it, right? You know, it was great, and plus it had a really great message of like uh, be yourself and think for yourself, which you know. Which I think is a great thing, right? And be experimental and don't afraid to not don't be afraid to not be part of the crowd. You talked about this song Disco Sucks earlier and we didn't yeah. listen to it. I don't remember if we talked about what that song was about. Yeah, well disco was uh, huge at the time and the biggest albums uh, that year, I think seventy six, seventy seven were like uh 
Saturday Night Fever uh, by the Bee Gees and uh, Donna Summer and uh, oh god, I got Gloria Gaynor and uh, you know it's like, and it wasn't so much that uh, I don't like the music, although some of it I find quite funny now, and I, I will I, I freely admit that sometimes I'll turn it up uh, and I go like, well yeah okay, this is a well-written pop song or whatever, right? I can appreciate that. But it was more the attitude of the people that we didn't like. And there was one disco club on uh, on Broadway Street in Vancouver, which is one of the main streets. And uh, uh, we'd just go by. Uh, we were like young punks, like 18 or 19. And uh, we happened to be walking by, and we'd just go and harangue these people. Not fight them or anything like that, but uh-huh. call them names or piss on the wall or, you know, the <laughs> stuff like that, right? You know, to piss them off, right? And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, right? So... And there was a, I guess I had written the song, and I, I thought it was like pretty good. And uh, um, then I saw this thing on TV. Uh, uh, Doctor Demento had had this anti-disco rally at um, Comiskey Park in Chicago, and uh, on the pitcher's mound, they burned uh, disco albums and posters and stuff like that. And then it <clears throat> it turned into a riot, and they wrecked half of Comiskey Park. It was between a doubleheader of, of the White Sox and. Uh, it got a lot of national news, and I turned on the news, and I said, like, holy Christ, and all these people were wearing these shirts, like, uh, disco socks, or uh, death before disco, stuff like that, right? It was pretty funny, so I kind of realized I was really onto something, that the, the, the public sentiment were like, uh, yes, I'm not alone in this manner, right? So, and then we put out the EP, we knew that was the key song right away, and uh, it really caught on. So I guess we'll have to take a listen to that song called Disco Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think one. I think maybe it, uh, that song like got DOA out there, what do you think? Oh yeah, that was uh, basically that little EP was our passport to go travel the world for the last 30 years, right? So absolutely, that was like, uh, became a little, little underground hit and then we just started adding to it. So we'll definitely have to take a listen to that one. It's called Disco Sucks by DOA and we're with DOA at the Glass House in Pomona on the punk rock demonstration. Disco
Beat'em Bust'em by DOA and you're listening to me Jack here in the punk rock demonstration and I hear that song is about hockey. I was reading your book yeah. and it's called Talk Minus Action Equals Zero. Talk Minus Action Equals Zero. Just come out on the Arsenal Pulp Press and was a 300 uh, page full color uh, illustrated history of DOA with a, a narrative that goes along with uh, all the images like posters, photos, album covers. Uh, yeah, it's a really like an in-depth book. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but before that, how did you get into hockey and how come you're not playing hockey now and singing and all uh-huh. that? Uh, well, I mean, I've been playing hockey since I was a kid, right? And uh, you know, I always loved that. I mean, that hockey is culture in Canada, right? It's like a big, big thing. You can't uh, get away from it. And uh, I, then about 87, uh, we, had, we saw BTO were playing a show and they were wearing like football jerseys and we went like Oh, that's interesting, right? I mean, they're big, huge guys, like really, really heavy, right? And uh, um, so maybe the, the the only thing they could find that would fit them at the time, right? You know, um, then we thought, wow, that'd be pretty interesting if we combined uh, hockey and rock, right? So what we did, uh, we did a version of BTO's song, Taking Care of Business. And uh, we made a video for it that became really famous in Canada and got played on like uh, much music, which is like our equivalent to MTV type thing. It got played constantly. And uh, and in it to shoot the video, Randy what Randy Bachman from BTO wasn't on the recording, but in the video he was our coach. And so what we did, we were like uh, uh, we had guys in business suits, like uh, and uh, 
we played a game of hockey against them in the video. It's, it's pretty funny, right? So, yeah, it's a great video. Yeah, I love hockey myself. So, yeah. did you did you ever become a big hockey fan, or did you just not? Did you just want to do music more than hockey? Well, I mean, I grew up uh, th- uh, thinking that I was going to be uh, uh, when I was older playing for the Boston Bruins, right? And uh, that was my aspiration. And uh, um, obviously, I wasn't good enough. And then I really got into uh, music, like when I was a teenager, like you know, like 15, 16, 17. I was a drummer, and uh, you know what? I wasn't like a great drummer. So when I was about eighteen, I became like a guitar player. And learned that, right? So. Um, but the the whole hockey thing, uh, I mean, I I haven't played for about five six years, right? But uh, God, I played for like thirty five years, you know, two three times a week, right? It was pretty serious, right? And we had a, a DOA team, it's called the DOA Murder Squad, and we played like uh, uh, charity games uh, for the Vancouver Food Bank uh, to raise money for them, or people bring food or donate money, and uh, we would try and take on a philosophical opponent, like a, a like a radio station that hated DOA or like. A, you know, the Vancouver Cops or uh, a, a newspaper or something like that. And it'd always be a big event. We'd get a lot of people in the stands, uh, these little community rinks, and the guys with organs and guys beating drums and, you know, dun, 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 dun that kind of thing, right? And it's like the D-Way Murder Squad games were big, right? A lot, a lot of people really enjoyed them, right? So, I guess we'll take a listen to another song, but before that, we'll talk about this book that you wrote. How long did it take you to write this book, Talk Minus Action Equals Zero? 33 years. That's how long the band's going. So that's how long it took me to write. No, seriously, I mean, it was the accumulated experiences of DOA, and uh, I really wanted to demonstrate to people that uh, myself, despite uh, not having, like, a musical education, like going to music school or anything like that, that uh, I was able to figure out how to write songs, how to uh, how play record, write, write records, play in a band, how to produce records, how to run a record label, how to tour manage, how to travel the world. And uh, I want to show that if you put your mind to it, you really can do almost anything. So that was kind of the inspiration. It's like, and I happened to get like a, a nice looking book out of it at the same time. But it really was, I just want to demonstrate that you can take charge of your own life and uh, make a big difference. I mean, the whole point of DOA over the years has been like a, has been to try and affect some uh, positive change in this world, right? And I think the book is a good summation of that because there's a lot of politics in it. There's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of, like, uh, fuck-ups that we have with the police and border guards and uh, rip-off record companies. And, um, and so, basically, uh, that was the longest answer to a really short question. It took me four months. I started last November, uh, compiled the posters, and uh, we thought we had to about April. And then we decided that we are going to do it in full color instead of partial black and white. So then we had to have it finished by February 29th. And so the... Uh, it was a full court press. We had to really hustle and get done. So I just started writing like mad. And the art, the art, basically it was me and the art director did the whole book. And I would just, I would give her the text and the, the posters and the photos and she would arrange it. And I'd go, that's good or that's not good. And then we'd rearrange it. And, you know, it's written in a linear fashion. And the idea is that it's like, uh, it's like, it's supposed to be like, um, you can pick up and read the whole thing if you want, if you're a DOA fan. Or it can be like kind of a coffee table book that you you can just look at one page, look at the posters or the images, and the story that goes with that will tell you enough about it's like self-contained type thing, right? So you don't have to read it for hours, right? So, so that's kind of the nice thing about it, right? So, yeah, what's good about books is you can always put it down and come back to it later. Yeah, I mean, if you're reading a novel, of course you want if it's good, you just keep reading and reading because you can't put it down, right? But it's it's like. Um, 
it's sectioned off in such a way that you can put down come back to it uh-huh. now that i remember what i was going to say earlier i guess we can't play a song yet we'll talk about uh, all the benefits you've played and all that did you set up these benefits or were you part of benefits or did people invite you to these benefits or what's up with uh, that? both um i mean uh, doa's done like i don't know 200 250 benefit concerts over the years and like about four or five or six different uh, uh, releases of singles or albums that were like benefit orientated right, for various uh, causes generally political ranging from uh, stuff about uh, uh, rape relief to uh, justice uh, for prisoners um, aboriginal rights in Canada um, environmental causes um, anti-globalization uh, a lot of different things and um, they're generally the shows that I enjoy the most because you know what they have like a real uh, point to them and uh, you're doing it uh, you know we do this uh, not for money we do this because we care right and I think uh, it's a good thing to good thing to get out there and say what you think right because I think that you can be a cultural uh, politician that's what I've tried to be uh, throughout my career right and I continue to strive for that right you know, I mean, if an actor can be the president of the United States, then uh, surely I can say whatever I want about uh, uh, what's going on in the world. Yeah, it's always good to have a purpose in life and not having yes, the purpose of, like, absolutely. a religion or yeah, something like that. A purposeless life is uh, not very good. Okay, so we've been talking a lot, so we'll take a listen to another song. Since we've been talking about talk minus action equals zero, we'll have to take a listen to a song on that album. You know, what's yeah. a good song to play since I've been well, picking all the songs? See. Yeah, we'll just take a look right now. How about I live in a car? It was actually I was um, during that was written uh, when the recession was going on uh, here in '08 and around the world too, right? So and uh, I started reading articles about people in Los Angeles that were living in cars. They'd lost their house and they'd have like a an entire family would be living in an SUV and stuff like that. And uh, some of it was it was just like tra- tragic. I thought right and uh, and remains so because there's still people in that situation, right? Obviously. And, um, you know, so that's it. Hence, I wrote the song called I Live in a Car. Very cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, depends on how depends on how you see it. Yes, yes, I, so, I got you. So, yeah, we'll take a listen to that song. It's called I Live in a Car by DOA off of the Talk Minus Action Equals Zero CD. And you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration with DOA. Hey! 
that was I Live in a Car by DOA, and we're with DOA at the Glass House in Pomona. You're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration. So we talked a lot about everything. I think we covered the entire history of DOA. We've got so. everything uh, except the kitchen sink, and we'll get that in there soon there, friends. So where can people find more information about the band and your music and, and all that? Yeah, I would just go to uh, suddendeath.com. And people always think of the way I pronounce things that I'm saying Southern Death, but it's like Sudden Death, like Sudden Death Overtime that you would get like in uh, uh, a soccer match or a hockey game. And uh, there's tons of stuff there about where the band's playing, what the label's doing, uh, what I'm doing or other members of the band are up to and stuff like that. So it's it's a good site. And, uh, and you know, join us on Facebook, uh, join us on MySpace. So you can find all the information about that there. I love how you promoted your main site as the SuddenDeathRecords.com one and not the MySpace and the Facebook like everyone else is doing. Yeah, I, well, I mean, uh, to me, it's because it, it's all inclusive. It's got everything there. Uh-huh. And, uh, hey, Pomona Police. It's Pomona. They're patrolling. They're looking for Ramona. I think she ran away from home. <laughs> they know her here. Yeah, runaway punk from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ramona. We won't uh, let her know that. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> so yeah, yes. you can you can check out DOA's website at sudden death right no sudden death dot com, is that what it was? Yeah. Or or you can follow me on Twitter, it's uh, DOA Joe. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. so that's not hard to find. And I forget what the uh the MySpace is uh great. But they I can find it on a, your website. A, yeah, it's like DOA punk type thing. You can find it I can't remember right, so yeah. I can't even Obviously remember. Obviously I'm on there all the time, right? <laughs> I can't even remember how to log in since they've like changed stuff so many times. It's like yeah, absurd. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I actually have a guy help me out with it because I'm, I'm I'm actually literally so busy with the label, you know. But I really got into this tweet uh, tweeting. Uh, that's actually quite a lot of fun. So I just tweet about hockey, politics. Uh, um, but I don't tweet about my dog taking a crap or what or what kind of sandwich I had. Like stupid stuff. I think that's really boring uh, tweets when you read stuff like that, right? You know. Uh-huh. And I do a lot of tweets, so we have a lot of followers amongst uh, unionized groups. Uh, uh, I really got into this thing, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, the striking workers in Wisconsin and stuff like that. And uh, uh, they're, lose, they're losing their rights through these idiot Republican governors. And uh, you know what, folks, uh, one last thing. It's really important to stand up to these uh, assholes in the Tea Party. Uh, they do not have your best interest in mind. Uh, they're... A lot of cases, uh, right-wing Christian ev- evangelicals that are not free thinkers, and they're, they're really out to. They talk about uh, freedom. They're out to destroy freedom and take away your rights. And uh, uh, I would do. I would endorse nothing violent, but I would say that uh, philosophically, you have to get out there and uh, fight them word for word because they're they're not in your favor, their friends. Yes, and they like to talk a lot and confuse the hell out of you with their talking. Well, and they have their mouthpieces like the Rush Limbaugh's and like idiots like that. I mean, the the guys are uh, disgusting, right? You know, but uh, obviously the networks love it because they make money off them, and that's the the way of the world, unfortunately, right? So, have you ever heard of Doctor Laura? You mean like the the sex doctor? Oh, no, not that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the talk show host that uh, talks about um, people's problems, like a Doctor Phil, but. Dr. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, obviously I haven't. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Is unfortunately, no. I actually like her a lot, okay. but they pulled her off the air because she wasn't, or she was too profane in her uh, 
her assessments. Uh, right. Like yeah. she would point out things, but they were a little bit more than what people would want to hear. So as like a cover up for radio, like they want to make it so people don't fight among or fight with uh, whatever the hell they're saying. They just take her off the air so that way uh, they can't right. yeah, no, no, argue no, with, her. with her. Oh, well, that sounds, that sounds like a drag. She's been taken off if, that, if that's the case. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, so... That's okay. So we'll just take a listen to another song by DOA, and then uh, I guess that's about it. So you've been listening to me, Jack, here in the Punk Rock Demonstration, and DOA. You can find out more information about DOA at SuddenDeath.com. You can find out more information about my show on my website at PunkRockDemo.com. And we'll end it off with this one last song. I guess we're going to take a listen to this one last song. Don't let your life uh, off of DOA's latest album, Talk Minus Action Equals Zero. Yeah, that's a good one. I was reading both of them at the same time, and somehow it became walk and talk and... Yeah, okay, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <So> uh... <laughs> big jumbled mess here, so... We'll take a listen to this one last song, and... Yes, check out my website, punkrockdemo.com, and DOA's website at suddendeath.com. Here's... What was it? Don't, Don't Let, let your, your Life by DOA.
tired of that same old stuff they call punk rock? Well, take a listen to these upcoming songs. Never before heard anywhere. It's the punk rock demonstration new music block. Remember, you heard it here first on the punk rock demonstration. We're all rock and rollers here. You look like half a butt puppet. Do you know what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends? Don't talk to me about rock and roll. I'm out there in the clubs and on the streets. I'm living it. I am rock and roll. Yeah. 
Thank you.
your request on the punk rock demonstration call the punk rock demonstration hotline at 209-980-PUNK for all you people with non-punk rock phones that number is 209-980-7865 Oh, 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 oh,
Eric from Final Solution. You're listening to Jack's Punk Rock Demonstration.
reward. Take care, brother.
You're listening to Jack from Punk Rock Demonstration. I am Animal, the Anti-Nowhere League's main singer.
Hey, this is Alicia from Combat Crisis, and you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration. This is your life! To you and my scope to watch the dance all out. 